there's Raj Patel's The Rashler, which is basically The Bachelor uh, with streamers and Sans Destination Getaways. It's kind of weird, but you know, as I said, if there's something you like doing, there's a place for you on Twitch. Hey, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of This Week Today with Curious J, where we talk about gaming and streaming news. I am your host, Curious J. I do appreciate y'all being here. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff that's been going on uh, because of, you know, unfortunately, once again, the coronavirus. Still a huge deal. But it's had its, you know, obviously super negative effects, but there's some positivity that's come out of it. So let's get into it, guys. Um, bands are streaming their no crowd concerts on Twitch. That's what they're calling it now, no crowd concerts. This being because obviously there's no one in attendance. We can't go out. We're all in quarantine or as we should be, you know what I mean? But no crowd concerts on Twitch. So hardcore outfit Code Orange broadcasted their hometown Pittsburgh show to 13,000 online viewers, 10 times the venue's max capacity. The rapid spread of COVID-19, more commonly known as the coronavirus, has forced major cities to put a ban on gatherings of more than 50 people, which means that concerts as we know have been put on pause for the foreseeable future. It's a gutting prospect for touring musicians who in the age of streaming rely heavily on shows as a major source of income. As the pandemic worsens, some artists are turning to online merch sales for financial support. Others want the show to go on, but safely. That's where live streaming comes in. To be clear, a streamed concert is nothing new. Coachella has streamed countless live festival performances through YouTube since 2011. To give one obvious example, um, Pittsburgh Hardcore Outfit Code Orange, however, are one of the first bands to have streamed their show live in the time of global social distancing. The band was set to play a packed hometown show at the Roxian Theater Saturday, March 14th to celebrate the release of their new album, Underneath. But health concerns led the venue to cancel the event to the public. The band had spent the past seven months, not to mention their album advance, building a live show with animated video sequences by the group's own Eric Shade Baldrose. Rather than putting their hard work to waste, vocalist Jamie Morgan started calling friends to help stage a live broadcast from a mostly empty venue. Jamie Morgan said, When we first got the news, it was a gut check of, damn, we're stuck with all this stuff, Morgan told Vice. But then it was like, you know what? We have all this stuff. We can turn this into something insane if we can get everyone on board. The band was put in contact with streaming service Twitch through their label Roadrunner Records after Twitch agreed to bring their concert to their viewership. A small crew of friends from within the hardcore scene was brought into the Roxian to handle sound and lighting and also to cut between footage of the band and Baldros's CG intensive animations for the live feed. A few venue staff were on hand as were a small gathering of family members who watched the show from the balcony. The set, which is currently archi archived through Code Orange's official Twitch channel, is a surreal watch. It's what we're watching right now, guys. It's one thing to have that FOMO feeling when you're watching from home as hundreds of thousands of fans cheer on Ariana Grande at Coachella, for example. It's another to have tuned into Twitch to see Morgan shouting out mosh calls to an imagined crowd. Code Orange are fully energized and jumping around per usual, 
but between songs, a camera pans to Roxanne's empty seats. Morgan explains, this is something you'll be seeing a lot of. It hit home that live music is something we've taken for granted. For the time being, it is gone. People did, however, tune in from home. As many as 13,000 people were watching according to Roadrunner, many more than Roxanne's max capacity of 1,470. Thousands more have peeped the archive concert since, which I did for a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. It was actually super good, this is sick. Code Orange isn't alone in moving live gigs online. Uh, Vancouver songwriter Dan Mangan and his band filmed an empty venue performance at Toronto's Danforth Music Hall on Friday, premiering their by donation show to nobody is what they called it on YouTube last night. English rapper Youngblood just streamed his very own talk show, which involved live performances, a cooking show segment, and a Q&A using fan-submitted questions. Celtic punk mainstays the Dropkick Murphys streamed a Zero Audience St. Patrick's Day performance from Boston. Um, Anthony Green did an acoustic show. Anthony Green from Circus Survive did an acoustic show recently, fairly, it was a few days ago. And um, I even saw Diplo doing a, his DJ set from his living room. It was like super cool. It's like such a crazy time to be on Twitch because a lot of people think of Twitch and they think, oh, this is a place where gamers go to play games and people go to watch games being played. But there's so much more to it than just that. Um, you, the cooking segments, the obviously now live streaming music and that hasn't always it's it's always been a thing people have always had music on twitch but now we're seeing like huge acts do their concert on twitch you've always been able to go see like someone playing acoustic or piano from their house and writing music djs writing music super cool but i think in everything that's going on now like the anxiety around the developing pandemic and everything and people having to stay at home with you know self-quarantining going on it's just such a great time to be on Twitch, whether you're a streamer or a viewer, like it really is. So, with all that being said, this is kind of Twitch's moment. According to the streaming software company Stream Elements, which conduct regular surveys of streaming landscape with its analytics partner, Arsenal.gg, viewership on Twitch is up by a lot. Over the last week, it's increased by a full 15%. Uh, Stream Elements CEO Dorinier wrote in an email that reflects the popularity of the live streaming medium now that people are consuming higher volumes of entertainment at home. Translation, because we all have to stay inside now to flatten the coronavirus's infection curve, everyone is watching streams. Nier writes that he expects those numbers to increase with the number of stay-at-home mandates issued by the governments around the world. You can see the effect locally too, uh, Stream Elements found that in Italy, live stream viewership in terms of minutes watch grew more than 66% since the first week of February and when the quarantine there began. Near again uh, said, in addition to individual channels growing in size, we have seen the amount of channels being watched almost double. Apparently Near says, according to reports from Telecom Italia, there has been an increase of more than 70% of internet traffic over their landline network, traffic they attribute to gaming. While other popular platforms have also seen growth, uh, YouTube gaming viewership was up by a full 15% over the last week, for example. This moment has been particularly good for Twitch. It's the marquee name in live streaming, and now that people are stuck inside and thinking about what to do with all their time they're not spending with other people, it's become the place to go. 
it's also really cool that it's not all about gaming. If there's something you like doing, like I just said right now, you can live stream it and rest assured there's an audience for you. I think that this is live streaming's moment. The tools are easier to access than ever. The bar for en entry is much, much lower. I and mean, don't get me wrong, it still has all its technical stuff that you have to set up and you know, your, your camera, your overlays and all that other good stuff. But streaming is fun. It captures some of the chaos of everyday life and it packages it accessibly. All you really need to do is try. Give it a shot, guys. I think it's a lot of fun. I personally enjoy doing it a lot myself. So even though there's been a lot of positive that's come out of everything that's been going on, which is always great. You want to see good things come out of, you know, a bad situation. There's always going to be some negative situations that come out of it, too. Um, in this case, I'm talking about uh, Twitch streamer Casey Tron. While Twitch has not explicitly stated that dark jokes about COVID-19 are grounds for an indefinite ban, it's now spoken with its actions. Popular satirical streamer Casey Tron has been suspended after making a joke last week. Casey Tron was on an episode of reality show streamers Raj Patel's The Rashler, which is basically The Bachelor, but with streamers and Sam's destination getaways. Kinda weird, but you know, as I said, if there's something you like doing, there's a place for you on Twitch. So Patel asked contestants, including Casey Tron, if they'd kiss this week's Rashler, YouTuber and streamer Quackity, even if he had the coronavirus. Yes, replied Casey Tron, and we would leave quarantine and we would try to spread it as much as possible because the world would be a better place without old and poor people. A couple of other contestants laughed and Patel said, oh my God, Casey, what the hell? The episode has since been deleted. Twitch suspended Casey Tron for engaging in hateful conduct and threats of violence against a person or a group of people. According to an email Casey Tron posted, the email also notes that her suspension length is indefinite. On Twitter, Casey Tron expressed regret and acknowledged the comment was insensitive. She says, I do not condone hatred towards any person, and it was a poor reflection of my character. I'm just trying to take this all in right now. I ask that my audience please remain calm and rational. <sighs> yes. I understand that it can be easy to joke about the virus, but what Casey Tron said was beyond insensitive. I feel like we as humans, we like to make light of a situation because we don't want it to be serious. In this case, I feel like we all just want to pretend that it's just a bad dream we're having and that we're going to wake up, but it's not. Keep in mind that even though it may not have personally affected you or your family yet, some people have already dealt with it. They're going through it. Some people have gotten better. Some have had to lose loved ones over it. So just try to keep that in mind when you're thinking to yourself that you should joke about a situation that might be serious to someone else or could in time be serious to you. Just keep in mind, joking is great. It's having humor is a great quality. But there's a time and a place for everything. So that's all I want to say about that. So as always, I like to finish things off in a light note. Um, Sony has finally unveiled its PlayStation 5 specs. And there were some surprisingly big differences 
between the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Both consoles are still arriving at the end of the year, and we're now starting to get a better idea of what both Microsoft and Sony have prioritized for next-gen games. I was going to go into the specs of both consoles. That's a lot of numbers to go over, and I figured if you're interested in either of the consoles, you'll probably just end up looking it up anyways. But I will say this, they're getting closer and closer to being PCs. It's crazy. The PS5 seems to have a lot going for it as far as like storage and load times go. It's gonna run games insanely fast. But it is looking like the Xbox is going to have better graphics and processing power. Only time will tell which one is better, and of course, as always, it all comes down to preference. If you already prefer one over the other, you're probably gonna pick the newer version of that one that you prefer. Ultimately, how the next-gen console competition will pan out will depend greatly on two things, games and price. Sony took an early lead in the PS4 sales thanks to being priced $100 less than the Xbox One. Microsoft has committed to not making that mistake again with the Xbox Series X, but neither company have provided any hints at pricing just yet. Games and the underlying ecosystem will define the success of the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Sony has had a run of great exclusives on the PS4, and the momentum has left the Xbox One struggling. We're still waiting to hear what type of games will be available at launch for both the PS5 and Xbox Series X. Microsoft has committed to launching Halo Infinite alongside the Series X, but it will also be available on PC, so it's still kind of hard to tell how it'll do as far as sales go. Microsoft's answer to games may come in the form of the Xbox Game Pass and its subscription strategy. It's clear Microsoft has been pursuing a Netflix-style game service, and the company is even planning to tie Xbox Game Pass and xCloud game streaming together later this year. Microsoft has also been acquiring studios to create exclusive Xbox games, but there won't be any exclusive first-party Xbox Series X games at launch. How game developers respond to the power of both consoles will be important in the coming months. Uh, games need to make use of this new power, especially for load times, frame rates, and real-time ray tracing. We've only seen tech demos and how load speeds will work so far, but even if existing games get a big boost to performance, that might be a big enough selling point alone. I mean, we'll see, right? It's now all eyes on the months ahead as game developers prepare, prepare to unveil next-gen... Right, let's go back. It's now all eyes on the months ahead as game developers prepare to unveil next-gen titles that will really show what the PS5 and Xbox Series X are capable of. I've always been a PC gamer myself, but as far as console goes, I've always leaned more towards the PlayStation. I've, I've just always had one. Growing up, I always I had the PS1, I had the PS2, I even had um, that small version of the PS1 that was more portable that you could get a screen attached to it. I've had them all, the three, the four. Will I get the five? Maybe. For the exclusives, maybe. But I'm not gonna lie, guys, the Xbox Series X is looking like it's gonna be a great machine. Uh, so t hit me up, guys. Let me know in the comments how you guys feel, which one you're thinking of getting in, and which one you think is better in general. That's gonna be it for this episode, guys. I do appreciate y'all hanging out. Whether you watch this on the YouTube channel the day it came out or you listen to it on Spotify a couple days later when I put it on there. Um, I really do appreciate all the love and support you guys have shown me over the last couple of months. 
and I look forward to continue to do these episodes. I have a lot of fun doing them and I hope you guys enjoy watching them. Just wanted a quick reminder that I do stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash curiousj, Monday through Thursday, usually around 10.30 p.m. Every now and then I'll throw in a weekend in there, but those are usually uh, surprise streams if I get the chance to do it. If not, you know, you'll always catch me during the week. That's going to be it, guys. Y'all take it easy. Remember, stay curious. Peace.